give the Lord a clap offering. It's so good that we can come and worship the Lord. Welcome, welcome. And those that are watching, share this message and welcome to you. The last couple of uh, Wednesdays, I basically wanted to accentuate and to give as much publicity to the Bible Institute. So we had Brother Collins speaking, and he will be speaking. He would be teaching on Christian anthropology. And then Sister Pamela Rashid had spoken on Psalms, and that is what she does. Uh, Sister Florence uh, Jenkins actually speaks on Ecclesiastics, and then Pastor Mary, I think, the gifts, and uh, uh, Sister... Ida Humphrey, who is going to speak today, is be speaking on the healing in the Bible. There are five courses, and if you take time to look in the back, this is basically the five courses that we have. It begins October, that is Monday the 24th, and goes all the way to the 16th of December. That's the spring semester. I cannot tell you how important this is, each one of them, from Christian anthropology to the psalm to ecclesiastic to healing the sick and spiritual warfare are wonderful. And one of the great uh, opportunities that you have that are watching outside this locale, you can actually tune in to the, uh, on, online, and I want you to understand everything we do is actually a labor of love and free, and so just be part of this. So this evening, we will be having uh, what would be one of the subjects, and that is called Healing the Sick, and so uh, Sister Haida Ampri would come in and speak from that, and I'll come back and again speak about the Bible Institute, uh, how important it is, and again, let me say, begins October, this uh, the Monday, the 24th, and goes all the way to December the 16th. It's a great opportunity. Let's give a clap for Sister Haida Ampri as she comes to minister Healing the Sick. Thank you so much for allowing me to share on tonight. Appreciate it. Giving greetings to all our pastors, Highland family, and friends. May God bless us as we go, go into his word tonight. As Pastor said, I'll be teaching this semester on healing the sick. And it's coming from the book by T.L. Osborne. Oh, it's a great book. If you have an opportunity to purchase it and read it, you will not be the same. He is a very, very good, uh, prolific writer. And uh, his writing is simple, to the point, and what he's doing is explaining what God is saying. And this is what I'm gonna do tonight. This is what I'm gonna try and endeavor to do tonight. Not gonna be before you long, but my focus tonight is gonna be on great faith. And the subtopic is gonna be on faith is essential. And I'm going to be reading from two passages of scripture to begin with. First is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. And it reads, For we walk by faith and not by sight. As Christians, we walk by faith because we don't see our Lord. But we know that he's here for us. We know that he's delivered us. We know that he's safe. We know he died on the cross for us. But we don't see him. We're going to see him in glory. But right now on earth, we walk by faith and not by sight. And Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, blessed are those who believe and have not seen. And that's you and I. We're blessed because we believe and we have not seen, but we know that God wants us to walk by faith. Second is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And it states, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We must believe that God is. 
and that he is what he has revealed himself to be in scripture. A being of infinite perfection, existing in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Today I'm going to elaborate on faith and its importance to us as believers on our journey in life to our promised land or to our eternal home. I don't want to define the word faith from a Webster diction or human definition because it would limit its value and importance, in my view. Instead, I'm going to remain in the word and allow it to define for us what faith is and how we should grasp it as we live this life. We are all given a measure of, of faith at salvation. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace are ye saved. Through faith, and that not of yourselves, is a gift of God. So our faith and our salvation is a gift. Amen? So we can traverse this new terrain called the spiritual life with him. We don't see everything, but we believe. And we know that he's here for us. His word tells us if God before you, who could be against you? The Bible is the very mind of God put into words so that we can know him better. It will bless and benefit everyone who read and apply its wisdom. It is the living truth that protects, guides, instructs, teaches, and encourages us. Martin Luther the great reformer in the 16th century, he said, the Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It takes hold of me. And we read in Isaiah 65, 16, twice in one verse, it states, God is the God of truth. Jesus said in John 8, 32, for you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. That's the God, that's the word. So we know that it is impossible with all this truth for God to lie. And one of the greatest scriptures in the Bible, one of them is Numbers chapter 23 verse 19. And it states, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. So we cannot know defeat using God's word because it is eternal. It's true. It's all powerful. And it's supernatural. The preaching of the word always produces faith when we believe. There are many avenues of faith that I will, but I will elaborate on healing faith tonight. Very often people make the mistake of praying for faith. But we don't need to do this. The Bible tells us in Romans 10 and 17, for faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. This is the unique prescription for receiving faith. Hearing the word. Jesus says, let, all, let, let him that uh, uh, hear, hear the word. Whether in church or well, Bible school, Sunday school, or reading and meditating on the word yourself in your private time at home. You will receive faith because you're hearing it. 
It's like Mary, the sister of Martha, who chose to sit at Jesus' feet and hear his words, then busy herself with cooking and preparing. And Jesus commended her. He said, she has chosen the better part, which will never be taken from her. So when we sit at God's feet, when we, sit in, when we read his word, when we, are, we, we meditate on his word, we have chosen the better part in this life today. We should not pray for faith to be healed. As you learn and get to know God's word, you will have faith. The word of God develops faith. By reading the Bible, you hear God speak. You hear him say, I am the Lord who heals you. You hear him say, by his stripes, you are healed. You do not need to pray for faith to believe that God is telling the truth. You have heard him speak and you have believed his word. You may pray for healing, but faith gives birth to healing. It is important that we know our rights, then we will have faith. But we can know our rights only by reading and hearing his word. Jesus says, everyone that acts receives. Everyone. No respected person. And he has emphasized this six times so that you will clearly understand that he wants you to feel free to ask him for what you want. In Matthew 7, 7 through 8. The word of God reads, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who acts, receives. He who seeks, finds. And him who knocks, six, it will be opened. All through the Bible, God seeks to impress upon every one of his children, that's you and I, that we all have equal rights. He respects none above the other. He has no favorites. And he expects each one of us to have faith in his word. In other words, have faith in what he is saying to us today. To be healed, you have the right to do your own asking, your own believing, your own claiming, and your own receiving. Then you will be healed. Thousands of Christians are spending their lives depending on other people as though others are closer to God than they are. Or as though others could pray better than they as though God will hear the prayers of others quicker than their own prayers. Every Christian has rights. And it is God's will and desire that each of his children claim and accept all his blessings. So to know that every person can pray and receive the answer, Jesus says, everyone that asks, receives. I remember I was... Um, working as a public health nurse, and I was taking care of this patient, and his legs were very swollen. And I was doing wound care, and I lifted a leg, and 
for some odd reason, this gentleman <laughs> dropped his leg, and there go my back. <laughs> so the next day, I had very difficult time moving and maneuvering, and uh, it was my son's birthday. And my, grand, my mom always bakes these big, beautiful cakes, and he wanted his friends to uh, come by and celebrate. And I had to drive there, and I couldn't move. Every time I move, I get spasms in my back. All I could do was lay on the floor and put my feet on the bed so my back can rest flat on the floor. And he would be coming to me, Mom, let's go, let's go. I said, I can't, I can't go from this thing because my back. Then, Spirit of the Lord led me to ask him, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for me. Now, I believe in the prayer of agreement. Jesus says, you know, if any two on earth agree to anything, it shall be done to my Father, which is in heaven. Okay? So the, my young son, eight years old at the time, he laid his hands on me and he prayed. And after he prayed, I was able to move. The pain was gone. I was able to go to the birthday party. To God be the glory. So faith is believing that God will do what he has said in his word that he will do. God has never asked any of us to believe him for anything that he has not promised to do. God said, I am the Lord who heals you. That's when he introduced himself as our healer. He spoke to over 3 million people in the wilderness. There were no doctors out there. There were no emergency rooms. There was no urgent care centers. They had to trust in God to keep them well. So he reveals himself in Exodus 15, 20, says that I am the God that heals. I am Yahweh Rophe. I am Jehovah Rapha. And the prophet Isaiah said, he, Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. And with his stripes, we are healed. Jesus said to the leper, be cleansed. To the blind man, he said, receive your sight. Peter said, his own self bore our sins. Who's, by whose stripes we are healed. Jesus said, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And in my name, they shall cast out devils. This is God's word. So we can see that faith is indispensable, critical, vital, necessary element of life for us as Christians. It is merely believing that God will do those things and other things which he said in his word that he will do if we only believe. Mark 9.23 tells us that Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. In most cases, Jesus did not heal anyone until after he has obtained that person's confession of faith. In most cases. Or until he had observed some act of faith by healing. This was the case of the centurion. In Matthew chapter 8 verses 5 through 10. And it reads thus. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum. A centurion came to him. Pleading with him saying. Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed. Dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. 
but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. To another, come, and he comes. And to my servants, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Then in Matthew 8:13, Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done to you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Jesus offered to go to his home to heal his servant. But the Roman officer made a shocking reply. The centurion knew that Jesus possessed authority here on earth to heal. Therefore, he trusted that Jesus didn't have to physically present, be physically present, but only say the word for his servant to be healed. And with this, Jesus, our Lord, marveled at the centurion's faith. His own disciples panicked during a storm at sea, and he had to rebuke them for their little faith. Yet before him stood a Gentile. This man wasn't a believer. He wasn't in a Jewish synagogue week after week hearing the word. But yet this man believed. So here stood before our Lord this Gentile. And Jesus says, I have not found anyone in Israel with so great faith. So we say, what made the centurion's faith so great? It was his total confidence in Jesus' word. Total confidence. This is where we have to be, saints. Totally confident. If our Lord said it, we should believe it. And that settles it. Hmm? That's it. That's it. We also read how persistent faith is always honored. In Matthew 15, verses 22 to 28, the word of the Lord tells us, the word of the Lord tells us, and it says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came from the region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is seriously demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. Mm. Mm. Oops. Yes, Lord. Even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said, 
Oh woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. I would ask, would you, ask myself, would I have given up with all that opposition that was presented? And then to hear Jesus tell her, it is in right to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. But she did not give up on God. Neither should we. She didn't feel insulted. Instead, she knelt down before him and sought his mercy. She wasn't giving up. And she said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She was willing to settle for his leftover crumbs. That, that is what you call desperate humility. And in this life, it's okay for us as Christians to humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. That he may exalt us. There's nothing wrong with humility. This woman needed the Lord's grace and wouldn't let anything stand in her way. Not her race, not Jesus' silence, not the disciples' impatience with her, and not even her pride. And that's exactly where Jesus wanted her. And that's also where he wants you and I to be. In a place where we are going to persevere through the storms of life and not give up. The race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but to him that endures. Woman, our Lord said, your faith is great. And then he healed her daughter. You see, this Canaanite woman started with faith. She was not a Jewish woman. She was not in the synagogues. But yet she believed. So she started with faith by persevering through the series of difficulty intended by God to take her deeper. You got to remember that. God don't always answer us right away. He's not our genie. You know, sometimes we got to wait and I know waiting is not easy. Waiting is not, you know, uh, something that we just do automatically. But we have to learn to wait on God. Stand on his word. Trust him. Believe that he is. See? So God took her deeper. And she ended up with great faith. And her prayers answered. I like to sum up the matter by quoting the command of Jesus once again in Mark eleven twenty two, Have faith in God. Faith will always move the hand of God. Faith always possesses. It's, persist, it's a persistent force. Faith relies on the ability of God, not man. Faith knows no defeat. Faith never argues. Faith never gets excited. Faith never brags on itself. Faith is never nervous. Faith never trembles. Faith looks directly to the word of God. Faith knows what God has said. 
because it has been birthed by his words. Faith knows what God says is a revelation of what it is his will to do. Faith accepts God's word as final. Now I ask you, whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to take the doctor's word at, uh, Dr. Word, you know, he tells you, oh, I see a lump. Oh, I see a, a, a growth. Oh, I see you have something in your intestines. Are you just going to sit back and cry and whine and take the man's word when God has specifically told us in his word that he heals? He sent his word to heal. He is the God who heals. We've got to go to God. We've got to trust his word. We've got to stand on him by faith. Know that he is. Know that he is a rewarder as we believe on him. He's our great physician. So he's the one we go to first. When a doctor says something, he says, okay, doctor, I understand what you're saying. I'll be back. You go back and you, you, go, you go to your prayer closet. You intercede. You cry out. I went to the doctor about six years ago. And uh, took the blood test, and he said to me, he says, oh, we see that your cholesterol is a little high. I have uh, a good medication that will bring down your cholesterol. I said, oh, doctor, doctor, um, let me uh, work on eating properly. Cutting down on the foods that will increase your cholesterol. And in six months, I'll come back, and we'll take the test again. And that's what I did. Went home, prayed. To my great physician, trusted in him, believed in him, put my faith in him. And when I came back six months later, there was no cholesterol. Okay. Take my medication. We have to learn today, and I know I grew up in an age, I've been a nurse for over 30 some odd years. We grew up in a day where whatever the doctor said, we said, yes, doctor. Yes, doctor. Okay, doctor. And there's nothing wrong with being polite. There's nothing wrong with, uh, 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 you know, listening to your doctor, but you have to know who your great physician is. Call on him. Seek him. Stand on his word. Stand on his promises, which are yea and amen. And then you move to the earthly doctors. You hear what they have to say. But don't take them to face value because they are not your great physician. He's the one that created the physicians that you're seeing. He's the one that gave them the mind, that gave them the wisdom to know what they know. Faith claims the word and steps out on it. Faith possesses the promises of God. Faith claims its covenantal rights. We're in covenant agreement with God. He made a covenant with us. We're not just here, you know, by half-stance. We're sheltered. We're, we're seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You know, Psalm 91, I love to quote that psalm. You know, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, he is my fortress, and God, and him will I trust. Huh? Lastly, be grounded in the word of God. Know his word. That way you will know his will in life. And I'll elaborate more 
when class begins this semester, on the 24th of October. God bless you all. Have a wonderful evening.